Welcome to BWI Live. I'm Thomas Rankar. It's the recruiting show. Ryan Snyder with us today. Doctor's appointments and errands and children getting in the way for Sean Fitz, who uh, going to be missing today's show. But we got a big jam-packed show for you. Lots of things to talk about. I think a very good update in the on 300 for Penn State. We'll see how good, sure. because there's going to be a lot that's going to be happening in the next month to two months in recruiting. So, Ryan, off the top, your first thoughts about um, some of the things that happened this week. We'll get to specific things later in the show. But just what have you been thinking about with recruiting this week? Well, first off, how my audio, T. Frank? Do I sound all right? Yeah, you, you sound all right. Yep. Okay. I was just playing with my microphone for a second. Sorry. We're scrambling this morning. So busy week. Yeah, on three. Uh, definitely at on three. Rivals updated their ratings, too. So a lot of changes, um, you know, which which you always expect this time of year. You know, camps are really kind of picking up on the West Coast, down south. And obviously, once it gets a little warmer up north, they'll, they'll make their way up this way. But you know, after junior season film, a little bit of camps, uh, this is the time of year where 2025 or juniors to see to juniors rising into seniors uh, normally get their ratings updated. That'll happen again, I think, around May. And again in uh, midsummer or so, but uh, I think anyone who saw the on 300 this week saw what a massive week it was for Pennsylvania prospects, and, and a, yeah. a handful of those guys, of course, are committed to Penn State already. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, you know, aside from that, a lot of guys just setting official visits, unofficial visits, different little uh, things going on. I mean, we're going to write about it, we're going to talk about it. I I'm always kind of a little hesitant to overthink guys setting visits for June and even even the March and April to some degree because their schedules are going to change so much. We're going to we're going to write a bunch of stories about guys visiting and and then they're going to they're going to get switched up. So, you know, I always kind of keep that uh, have fans keep that in mind, I guess, you know, as these uh, visit schedules get mixed up a little bit more, but a lot of guys setting visits, schools got to be aggressive. We got a we got a potential third signing period coming in. We can talk about then. It's uh yeah. a lot of stuff for the last 4 days. So we're definitely going to get into those uh those those uh recruiting calendar things with official visits we're definitely doing that but of course mm -hmm. ryan given a, a good preamble there uh, about that coming up in just a minute first thought about the recruiting calendar as you just mentioned there at the end uh, moving it up to early december that's official or uh moving no, not the official early period, or is it's a potential no. thing and then yes. another one is being discussed another early signing period in the summer what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on those potential decisions from the ncaa yeah, so a lot, a lot to unpack there. I mean, right now they're discussing three signing periods, right? Which is not really needed, in my opinion. Uh, I, I've been a very strong proponent of a summer signing period for a long time. I understand coaching changes. Guys can get out of a national letters intent now if there are coaching changes. It is what it is. But for the majority of schools that don't have those coaching changes, and especially for a school like Penn State, which had everybody but one player, Jalen Harvey, committed by the time the season started last year, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Especially, I mean, Penn State would be one of the schools that I believe would benefit the most from a June signing period. So I've been I've been strongly in favor of that. I was I was I remember when they made the the early signing period in December. Uh, we were talking about how it should be in the summer back then, and I understood yeah. why they didn't do that at the time, and you know because of coaching changes and all that. But uh, I think I wrote a column. Uh, maybe late December, early January, about like de December has to become a dead period because of the college football playoff. Coaches yeah. cannot be out on the road every single day while trying to prepare for the biggest games of their career. And, you know, as we've seen, especially in the last couple of years, the big schools, the big brands, they control that stuff. And those are going to be the schools in the playoffs. So we're going to get a dead period in December. I think that's a lock. <laughs> I don't think you're yeah. going to see coaches out on the road, maybe for Transfer portal guys, that'll be something that we'll see where they go. But I don't think they're going to be out recruiting high school kids in December. I do think we're going to have a June signing period. There seems to be a lot of momentum there. They're talking about doing a second one or the middle one, we'll call it, first week of December. I don't get that. I don't think it's needed. It does, honestly. Seem, like, it does seem like, hey, what's the most complicated way we could do this? It feels like <laughs> instead of like instead of having a signing period, now we have bus stops where there's first stop, Kinda, there's yeah. a second stop, there's a third stop now. And like, do you need all those stops? No, no, I, I don't think you need the December one. I don't know. I just I don't understand why we can't do June and then just do February um, and just 
cut out that that middle one because I don't I don't think a lot of guys are going to sign in that period. I mean, I feel like if you waited that long, why would you not just wait to February at that point? But right. who knows? I mean, like with everything in recruiting and with college football in general, there are always unintended consequences that you know someone like myself cannot think of, and and even even people way higher on the on the uh, control chain we'll we'll call it can aren't going to think about. So time will yeah. tell. But uh, yeah, I think we're absolutely headed for a June signing period. I think this 2025 class, those 12 guys who are committed right now, and obviously if they all stay firm, uh, and plus a bunch of guys who will be added since or after that, uh, they'll be signing in June. I think that's 80% okay. chance. Um, how do you figure in um, senior seasons for players where, you know, I, I think Penn State would, Penn State's generally confident that a guy has a certain progression path and will be a certain thing or else they wouldn't take the commitment right so this is not necessarily does penn state have the ability to drop a guy that doesn't project the way they want but i guess the unforeseen circumstances of signing so early at least when it's december after a senior season they've signed a lot of these guys are going to enroll a month later now you've got a much longer period of time between the decision and the potential enrollment, especially if a guy is going to be in June. Doesn't matter this, anymore. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Transfer portal, bud. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. All right. Doesn't work out. He's he's out in a year. I mean, it is just what it is. And then and, and it's not even that a school has to force a guy out. Like they'll they'll they'll, they'll learn quickly. I mean, we've seen this in recent years. You know, there, there's been a handful of guys, uh, you know, who have committed, been firm. I mean, Barnwell was a great example, right? Guy who was. Right for a long time but it was clear right away that you know he whether it was him or or just physically couldn't i mean physically he was big enough i just don't know how uh into it he was i guess is the best way to put it, it but the portal just doesn't matter like it, 10 years ago sure you know you you had to make sure you're hitting on these guys because you can't have 40 30 guys on your roster who aren't cutting it but now right. everybody's moving everywhere and there's going to be unlimited transfers so portal portal makes that a lot easier which is happening still during the college football playoff. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it, again, not they want to change that too. Did you see? I mean, yeah. they want to change that too. I don't know if he can just because of the way semesters work. Like that feels like right. a legal battle to me, but we'll see. Yeah. Cause that, it just doesn't make any sense for it to be happening in December when you've got, you know, conference championships, et cetera. We, the obvious things are obvious in that conversation and how to fix them. Um, you know, even if I knew we're not giving away for free on a YouTube channel. So uh, speaking <laughs> of, we got uh, people in the chat here. Haven't been here in a while. Mike says, haven't been turned in for a few weeks. Looks like you're at 13, three oh, greetings uh, from Key some, West. Dang. Yes. He's, he's flexing on Jealous. us. Yes. I was just going to leave that in the chat for everybody there, but yes, greetings from Key Enjoy West. It. Mike is uh Mike's our world traveler here. Uh, thank you. Help us get to 15,000. I don't talk about this enough. Um, because I just want to get to the football and give you guys what you want, which is mainlining Penn State football recruiting and uh, regular football content. But we want to grow this channel. We want 100,000. You know, there's 100,000 people that go to Penn State football games every weekend. I think that's a realistic number for us someday. Help us get to 15 on our baby steps towards that. And Mike is absolutely right. That's our next goal is 15,000. So thank you. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and just come back and check out what we're doing. We're doing a bunch of different cool stuff. And uh, I don't normally do this. I like to have things in the bag 100% before I announce them. But this one's pretty fun. Uh, we will be talking to Drew Aller uh, here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be talking to him, ho hopefully. That will be coming up next week. So make sure you subscribe and check out that when we get to sit down with Drew and get his thoughts on winter workouts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we still have to talk to him. So I'm always leery of doing that, but it's big enough. And this is our last time being live here on the channel for me to make a big deal about it and tell you that it's coming. So uh, be sure to check that out when it happens. And uh, we'll make sure that that happens. Um, another thing you need to make sure of that you're always keeping your eye on, keep your eye on the ball for your life. And that means your career and the next step. My Perfect Franchise can help you with that. Do you know what the next step is? Maybe you have accrued a lifetime of uh, information, skills, and talents, and instead of using those to make money for other people, you can make money for yourself. Andy and My Perfect Franchise, he's a franchise consultant with uh, uh, years of experience 
placing people in the right business. I was talking to him, and this is the sign of somebody who truly is here to, to help you out. He was talking to somebody out of buying into a very expensive business recently because he felt like it maybe wasn't the best fit and they were buying in over their heads. He's going to walk you through the different types of businesses, the different ways you can manage a day to day manager, a brick and mortar. Um, you want to be an absentee owner. You want to own multiple franchises, uh, different areas, like all these things that are way over my head, Ryan, all these things I don't understand because I'm not a business person. He knows these things. So talking to you, the business people, check out my perfect franchise, 404-973-9901. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. That's Andy at my perfect franchise.net or check him out on the blue white illustrated message board give him a message on the message board he'll answer answer you there and this is a guy who who is uh in a good way high on his own supply because he manages his own businesses he's gone through the ups and the downs having to you know fire a good friend of his from a, one of the businesses he manages because things weren't working out he can help you navigate those challenges of working with friends and family and all these different things he talks about this when we meet with him once a year because he wants us to understand uh as no enough as we can to tell you what he's all about at my franchise so check him out Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan, we've waited long enough. Talked about a different quarterback, but the quarterback this week is Matt Zoller's. Uh, on three update skyrocketed up the rankings. So tell everybody about what happened. And uh, I know you had a conversation with Charles Power. So let's just get into all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, he is now firmly in five-star range. Uh, we'll see if he's able to stick there. But I think a lot of people saw the, the big news this week. Matt Zoller's is now the third rank quarterback in the country which man i did not see that coming uh back in september when we first started watching him but at I least also... not right away right our last conversation well, about matt zoller's we both had the the we were talking about him in the same way as ethan grunkmeyer that he could make a rise into an well, area like this but i yes. don't think we thought right now yes and no yes and no that the they were kind of opposites though where like the Grunk shined in camps and wanted to see it more on film, where now Zoller's shining on film. You know what I mean? Right. So, so how he does mechanically in camps will will kind of determine, I think, whether he stays where he's at right now, which is the third ranked quarterback in the country by on three. And even now, you know, in the industry ranking, which of course combines everybody, he's he's eighth in the country now. So uh look, regardless of where he sits, whether it's top 100, 200, you know, fifth ranked quarterback, first, whatever it may be, he's absolutely one of penn state's top offensive players top overall you know remaining prospects and, and somebody that they are going to go all out for what's going to be really interesting is missouri and georgia and financially and nil and all the things that they can throw at him uh that penn state and pitt at least haven't really done to this point you know maybe maybe something will change there but uh I mean, there, there's a lot of talk that Missouri has some serious financial offers out there. There's a lot of talk that, I mean, there's not even a lot of talk. We know Georgia can be aggressive if they want. The thing with Georgia is we know they're also after Juju Lewis, who's currently committed to USC, but, you know, ranks just behind Zoller's at uh, number four quarterback in the country. So that'll all shake out, I think, late March, April. Uh, he's in the middle of a basketball season right now, has a game tomorrow. His, his team's already into the PIAA state playoffs. So, you know, he's going to be playing basketball for another two, three weeks, seems like, uh, or at least if they, you know, continue on the pace that they should. So this looks like a, maybe a visit in March and then maybe two, three more in April and then, and then a decision soon to follow. I think Pitt, Georgia, Missouri, Penn State are all going to get him on campus. The thing I keep kind of stressing to people on the message board is to just 
maybe not overthink it right now, because I do believe that all four of those visits will be important. And it's mainly just because he's only been to Missouri once. He's only been to Georgia once. Uh, he knows Pitt and Penn State a little bit better. But, you know, usually when you have high profile prospects like this, they've already visited the, all these schools three, four five times each. And yeah, what what are you really going to get out of these final visits? Like, I, I think it's easier to read like a Trent Wilson, for example, who's been to a bunch of his top schools already. Um, yeah. You know, throughout the past year and a half where Zoller's has it. You know, he's again, he took one to Georgia, one to Missouri. So those those visits are going to be massive. You know, I've thought for a long time that those two will be Penn State's top competitor. Maybe Pitt's higher on the board than I think that they are. But, uh, you know, I do think it this could end up being a Missouri Penn State. I don't, absolutely never want to rule out Georgia, though. The Georgia right. thing's just kind of confusing because I know they like Juju Lewis as well. So with the you mentioned NIL with Missouri and you mentioned just generally they're a serious player. Uh, NIL doesn't feel like a, an end-all be-all in this conversation, though. It feels like there, there's more to yeah. it from Zoller's, it, but it is a factor. Mm -hmm. a, a quarterback, especially. I mean, I, a lot of other positions, I wouldn't be talking about that as much, but it is no secret that top pro, top quarterbacks, whether they're high school, transfer port, or whatever it is, I mean, they are getting serious money thrown at them, especially with top SEC schools. And, and you know, a handful of others, too. Oregon's another one that's incredibly aggressive. I mean, they... That whole, you know, Michael Van Buren thing last year, a lot of that had to do with with Oregon being so aggressive there. Of course, he didn't end up at Oregon, but, you know, that that was the, the story at the time back in April. So we'll see where things go. Uh, I, I think Penn State fans should still feel good from a relationship perspective because, my God, he's been to Penn State more than every other school combined. And, you know, Penn State will be aggressive from that perspective. It's just it is interesting. The higher he moves up, the more kind of coveted he could be the maybe the higher the price that goes who knows i mean i don't think that they're a family that that i never get the vibe that that's something incredibly important to them but you know at the same time this this he's the third ranked quarterback in the country now and there's yeah. only three maybe three or four uncommitted four-star quarterbacks left like i mean the the pool is very small and and you know when, when, when you're talking about georgia missouri that they've shown they'll be aggressive. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I don't know how much it's going to impact them. I just, I just, it's a quarterback and that makes it way more yeah. interesting than any other position because we know some of the money that's getting thrown at them. Yeah. And, and the reason I bring up Missouri specifically, and I know you have some caveats to the Georgia conversation, but there's also a strong offensive build and plan there. Mm -hmm. um, Andy Cole, Nikki coming in, offensive coordinator getting to see some of that in spring ball how important do you think that part of it is of getting that relationship going and then where does danny o'brien fit in this because we've talked a lot about penn state identifying quarterbacks um and they've got a lot of good relationships with a lot of good quarterbacks and he seems to be a common thread here between two different coordinators for sure yeah danny's massive and so is so is andy now i mean really danny kind of bridged that gap and and i still think he's Danny's always kind of been the more aggressive when it comes to recruiting and, and everyday contact. And that's just mainly because coordinators aren't asked to do as much. And that's always kind of been the way. Obviously, they have a little bit more on their plate, um, you know, game planning wise and all that kind of stuff. So Danny's massive. Andy's massive. I, I think the relationships are great. Penn State will be aggressive with with you know NIL and all the other things that they can offer, too. It's just it's an interesting recruitment, man. But to, again, I keep trying to stress people, though, it's like we'll talk about this in March. I think fans are getting like really some fans at least seem to be like getting worried or worked up about it. And it's, it's really until basketball's over. I don't think it's on his mind as much um, mm -hmm. as much as people probably think it is. So it's, it's, it's going to be a major storyline in April, but we got five weeks till then. Right. And uh, we definitely have five weeks of patience, Ryan, that the, if there's one thing we know about recruiting fans, it's there's patience and there's uh, understanding and there's middle ground and there's uh, tempered expectations for sure. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, I think, excitement this time of year, especially we've talked about Penn State and, and their 12 person class. And, and there's some more shine to that group now, I think, than there was previously, but a lot of really solid football players um, that make sense to fit with Penn State. But now we're getting into some of the, oh, here's here's a guy that maybe is a star in this class, or here's a guy that maybe is a um, a top prospect everybody wants. We're getting some of the interest and in some of those dates lined up. So where do you want to start with the official visit news that you had earlier this week? Uh, well, Sean had the, we talked about Nashawn Montgomery. Sean had that uh, earlier in the week. Uh, he, top, top wide receiver prospect uh, down in Florida. 
you know, expect him to be here at the end of June. It, what I'm curious is, is there's a lot of wide receivers who are setting official visits and all that. And whenever I see an official visit late in June, I, I kind of wonder, well, will we get to that point? Um, with, with Nation, I think I think he's really important for Penn State, uh, just like a lot of receivers are, right? I mean, they need to add a few more, but uh, you know, he also has Florida and Miami. I think Colorado's another one he's looking into, maybe LSU. So there's a lot of schools in the mix uh, with Montgomery, but the fact that he does have an official visit lined up, I think it's uh, June 21. I want to say, uh, you know, important, good to know. At the same time, it's March 20th. It's February 29th. It should be March 1st, right? Uh, yeah. But now February 29th. So let's just, again, I, I don't know. I don't want to overthink so many it, of these official it's visits. that he's right interested now. in Penn State to the level that he's oh, setting He's always a visit, been interested. Right? For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just a, this is a subject that I've been having with, with like sources and contacts and different people lately. I'm just like schools have to be aggressive in setting these official visits. It is what it is. But at the same mm -hmm. time, everybody's kind of hesitant to overthink them to some degree because so much is going to get changed. Like we, we saw last year, man, they had probably 10, 15 official visits they had set that never actually ended up taking place. So and I'm not trying to poo poo down nation or anything. I just know everything that's going to come before that. Yeah. So who knows kind of where we'll be at come June 21. Uh, you know, there's a lot of receivers on the board. He's got a lot of other schools he likes. So, I mean, he'll, he'll be in the mix for sure. I think I think the fact that they got Lyric Samuel, though, is massive just because they they have something to build off of there. They have something to say, hey, look, you know, once they get one more, you know, they're probably projected three, maybe four. You know, they can use that then to to snowball right. things. Right. And, and we talked about the receiving board being wide open, not only from a numbers perspective, but also from very few guys stand out as top target so that that kind of pressure cooker of everyone's competing can also add into that which would be interesting to see D do you want to talk about ty jackson in a kind of similar situation oh, he's a Florida player yeah. yeah i mean he's he's number one i kind of just want to play the these highlights <laughs> he's great he's great i mean i was joking with charles the other day about you know when charles first started scouting and different things he always looked at like roquan smith as like the not the gold standard, but you know, but the guy that he's always comparing people to, and yeah. you know, we're not we're not saying Ty Jackson's that yet, but he was one of the he was just kind of joking that like, well, this is one of those films that really kind of popped out, and you know, unlike so many others, when comparing to Roquan Smith, uh, this one maybe kind of stacked up a little bit. So, uh, look, Penn State has an official visit set with him. They had him on campus in January. All that's great. They're in the mix with Georgia, Florida State, a couple others. This is going to be another one where. You know, I think NIL and, and and some of the Southern schools are going to be incredibly aggressive. I believe his his mom graduated from Florida State. I believe I read that somewhere. There's some sort of tie to Florida State. So you have to think the Seminoles are, are going to be a serious player there. But, uh, you know, I appreciate Chad Simmons getting in touch with him this week because this was a player we were struggling to to really learn more about. Just just not a guy who, you know, is all about interviews and things like that. But, man, this is this is absolutely one of Penn State's top defensive prospects that's, that's still on the board. And, you know, the fact that they have an official visit, uh, which I believe is May 31 to June 2nd, I think that's the, the week he said it for, uh, that's all massive. Uh, but, man, it's it's going to be some stiff competition because he is really taking off right now. Yeah, I'm He's awesome. uh, sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I was just watching him lay people out on a regular yeah. basis. His, his instincts, his vision, you know, the, there's a fine line between patience and hesitance right so a, mm -hmm. a linebacker has to read what's going on before he reacts and some linebackers just react and some linebackers love to read and never react and he is just like it looked like it's on time and then when he does explodes downhill and you see the violence there not the biggest guy in the world but dude hits and i i just there's a reason he is a, a top 50 prospect i, I think mm -hmm. right he's in the top 50 yeah, yeah so he's the number one. Yeah, he's above uh, Zolders, I believe. I mean, he's the number one linebacker in the country now. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a that's an impressive uh, highlight film. There, you know, you you learn you learn quite a bit from that one. Um, Bradley in the chat, he says, "Good morning, guys. Appreciate you morning, being Brad. here." Um, Go birds. This one comes up. Uh, we haven't really addressed this, but it kind of gets into some of these conversations about NIL. I don't want to spring this on you, but this is something I should have put on the rundown. Honestly, yeah, KJ Johnson says this pay for play for unproven high school players is insane. He applauds Penn State for their approach with NIL. Honestly, um, the, the situation with Tennessee and Virginia winning their lawsuits against the NCAA. Yeah. How does in your mind, from what you know, how does that change the conversation around oh, NIL or does it? A ton. No, oh, it changes a ton. I mean, the, the the thing that no one's talking about with that is 
this is this opened up th this was already happening and i don't know so much up north in the big 10 schools they don't seem to be doing as much but collectives were are paying kids just to visit and and now this really opens that up yeah well, you're you're getting they're going to get paid just to visit which is so stupid. these official visits that you're talking about one of the one of the no, things i think like it's more so unofficial visits like okay. they're like gotcha. like just paying people behind the seat like paying gas hey you, you know you, you normally had to pay for unofficial visits to come by yourselves that that's what this that's a big thing that i know people are worried about with this with this ruling and one of those unintended consequences i guess we'll call it and again it's already been happening you know we we've we've heard enough to know this and that you know, I've, I've had parents ask me, hey, do you know Penn State's paying for this? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, get me out of here, man. I'm, get me away from this conversation. I'm not getting into this. But um, but this opens that up to basically happen everywhere now. So that's going to be very interesting. But I imagine it's got to make it harder for Pennsylvania. Has or Penn State has done very well in Florida with their connections, J1 Cider. But if now you're expected to pay to get a, a player from Florida to Penn State, to it's state college man. that's much more expensive and that is a i mean that's got to be a massive it's, disadvantage yeah i don't think it's every kid or anything out. but it's just it's a it's just another way to get around rules and get guys up and you know i'm not saying they're going to be doing that for every player or anything like that but just this is going to be something that you're going to hear about more uh i think here in the months ahead especially as we get into spring and summer and there's more visits you're going to hear you know anonymous coach x say this anonymous coach y say that it's yeah just Keep an eye on that. Uh, but as far as like pay for play, like that, that's a good thing for Penn State fans because you guys are going to have to, you guys are, aren't going to be paying the bill much longer. Like this is absolutely <laughs> going to go internal yeah. uh, as it should be. And and Penn State knows that uh, yeah, all you guys who are paying for the collective, you know, props to you guys for that. But that I think that's, I don't know if collectives ever going to go away, right? Because co collectives are just more money. And, and right. if a, you know, you another keep feather yeah, in the cap, another advantage. But, but these guys are going to get paid by the schools soon enough. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but it's that is moving faster than I thought. I thought that would be mm -hmm. a year or two away still. I don't know. And now I kind of wonder if it could it could happen before the, the start of the season. So that's a positive, uh, I think, for fans. Uh, but at the same time, it's money's only getting bigger. And and with that yeah. ruling, I mean, it just the cars so are getting faster. <laughs> the jewelry's <laughs> getting nicer, man. I'm just, yeah. It's just going to keep going, and I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to really slow down. Or how, I mean, there's got to be rules at some point with a collective bargaining situation, all that. Mm -hmm. I think, I hope, because right well, now so it is just wide open. That, that is impossible uh, at the moment, the way it is yes, currently set up. Because, and and this is this is why the the Big Ten SEC hostile takeover committee, I mean the advisory committee, is so important <laughs> because. Um, you have two sets of TV contracts there. They are the biggest, but they're different. And you can't collectively bargain uh, to make a level playing field when you have multiple sets of numbers to work with. So I don't know how they really get to a place where it is a fair and competitive playing field. I doubt the SEC wants that. You know, I, I doubt that there's actually yeah. the desire to have a competitive playing field, really. Like, generally competitive, but if we have the advantage, that's better. So how does that all work out behind the scenes of um, and, and then I guess with the collectives and, and in the future, does I wonder if that changes where you'll have internal rules that are enforceable from commissioners in the Big Ten and the SEC that, hey, we do have to draw a line somewhere and it's not going to be just money that you can throw fistfuls of cash of as a 17 year old in order to get them to commit. There has to be some level of reasonable competition status. It for merit-based recruiting otherwise yeah. like, this is going down a very dark path yeah i said that all before this happened too <laughs> i said that all a year and a half two years ago three years ago yeah we thought that too and then look where we are so who knows man yeah i mean it's it's it, people get paid way more than us to to figure all that out good luck um but yeah, yeah as of right but that's now, the problem man, is like the chaos. incentives then to uh, you know kind of uh I don't want to say remove money from the situation. That's not the, the goal, but to set parameters on how the money goes to the athlete and, and have it flow in a reasonable way. I think that's still gotta be a goal. Like you can't just have this state by state. Tennessee has a massive advantage because they can directly recruit players through. It's a, everybody. A, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I know like the ruling is just in Tennessee and Virginia, but the ruling makes it for everybody and and it okay yeah legally it may say just those but the ruling makes the ncaa unenforceable so everybody can do this now it's not just 
just those two. Like, yes, legally, that's what it's written for, those two states. But then they now know that you can't be enforced. And right. so, yeah, sure. If we'll, we'll use uh, Maryland, I'm not going to use Penn State. So we'll use Maryland. Maryland decides to do all these same rules. And then the NCAA yeah. says, oh, well, we got to stop you. Well, you can't because you have this ruling here. <laughs> There's and already Maryland a precedent. Just go to their AG. And yeah, it just, it just go on. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk recruiting. We can go all day yeah. on this subject. It's, let's talk about recruits. Yeah, and that's uh, the the biggest thing. The news update this week was the on 300 and getting into some of the specifics of players that went up in the rankings. Matt Zoller's, we had a whole separate conversation about him because quarterback, but there are uh, some really impressive rises here in the on 300. I want to start with Alex Tash um, mm -hmm. because this one, I he's a good football player, but where he, where he landed in this update surprised me. So tell mm -hmm. everyone about where Alex Tash is in the on 300 um, right now. Yeah. Number 52 in the country, third ranked linebacker, um, you know, just from talking to Charles, love this film, very instinctual player, uh, you know, a lot to like, he understands, you know, maybe the competition's not on the, on different levels, but you know, he felt that he dominates to the level that you should. Um, uh, going against that competition, not the Latrobe playing bad competition or anything. There's, there's way worse out there, but, yeah. uh, you know, we're always comparing him to the, you know, the, the DC schools, the top Maryland schools, et cetera. Um, you know, so we'll see, I, I think testing numbers on Tash and, and how he does this spring will impact things. It was yes. a little higher than I thought too. You know, I thought, I certainly have always thought four-star prospect, certainly a guy who's going to get in the on 300 at some point, uh, 52 did surprise me. But, uh, you know, Charles is watching way more guys than we are right now. And when he's watching instincts, when he's trying to watch guys who, you know, have that good mold to build off of, uh, he, he thinks Tash stacks up with the best of them. So the one thing we don't have Tash is, like I said, is testing numbers and, and yep. you know, actually knowing 40s and shuttles and broad jumps and all those things. And we'll get that information, you know, this summer. And then once we have that, I think that'll really determine whether he stays that high or ends up being like a top 200 kind of guy. But, you know, this move – I mean, he, he's going to be a four-star now. We know that. I mean, he's going to move <laughs> yeah. around a little bit, but he's 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 going to definitely be a four-star, top kind of three on, on 300 kind of guy. No doubt. Yeah, and w watching his film, the instincts and, and the hitting power are great. You know, it is kind of that there is a little bit of what's left untapped because you want to see, I guess generally I wanted to see him be more explosive in those situations where he's triggering downhill a little bit more. And, and that's the question of, is it there um, in terms of more to tap from a mental standpoint to allow him to play faster, uh, kind of like a Kobe King or what are the actual testing numbers? And that's an area where I think that where I'm super interested this summer to see what he's able to do because the frame, the movement skills are all excellent. And I think, are, you know, make him a great box linebacker and, and a, a definitely a non 300 player. Who else do you rose in the standings that you're interested in? Lots of guys. I mean, man, Pennsylvania was absolutely stacked uh, in, in this yeah. most recent update. Uh, yeah, we talked about care. Are we talked about Zolers? Let's talk about Michael Carroll a little bit. Offensive lineman out of Central Bucks East, I believe it is. Uh, man, I mean, legit six six now, and it is all coming together for Carroll. We've already kind of. He was already, I think, like 115 in the country, one of the top interior guys. I mean, he's a yeah. true swing guy now. Absolutely could end up playing tackle at some point. Um, but, man, just athletically and all the little things that you want to see, like it's it's just been really impressive to watch him as a freshman to a sophomore to now a junior. And, like, every year he's just getting a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. Like it is all coming together in every way for Michael Carroll. And that's yeah. why he's now ranked number 69 in the country. And – you know, one of the top offensive linemen uh, overall. So going to be a fun, another another fun recruitment to watch, man, because Michigan is absolutely in the mix there. And I think he just got Alabama and USC last night. I mean, he's he's really kind of taken off. But, you know, Penn State does have those legacy ties. He's been to Penn State more than any other school. They're absolutely going to be top two, three, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't think they're the lock that I thought they would have been when he got an offer last June. Yeah, that's how it felt um, when we started talking about him. I know that we had some private conversations of, hey, should we be looking to see if this kid commits after getting mm -hmm. that that offer? And, you know, the longer it's gone and the more he's risen up the rankings, I, I can see why you why you say that. Is he a guy at, at 69 that could be the next potential five star? Do you think he's got that sort of upward mobility being um, a swing player? 
that's always a tough thing, but uh, at yeah. six, six and he's, he moves really well. Like, I'm just curious. He, he seems to fit into the talent description that Penn state has gotten over the last couple of years to have guys that are top 100 players that are potential five stars. Yeah. I, the one thing I'd have to look at is how many offensive linemen are ranked ahead of him right now. Like I know he's a third rank interior, but how many tackles are up there? I don't, I don't have right. that. That's math off the top of my head. I have to look at it. So just like for Cooper cousins, for example, like it was, it wasn't a strong tackle year, right? So that made that move easier to take. I just, I just don't know. I don't know all the Georgia and Alabama and Louisiana offensive tackles out right. there um, that, that are probably pretty high on the board. So it's look, there's a long way to go. It's certainly possible. I mean, he again, every time these rankings are updated, he's consistently moving up. And um, you know, another guy that I think if if he goes to some camps this year and really takes off, he'll, he'll be great. So. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Whenever you're in that that top seventy or so range, man, you're you keep progressing and and, and showing at camps and taking off. It's can't rule it out. I'm looking quickly here. Uh, there are we got to talk about Andrew Olas. Nine oh, okay. tackles that are uh, ahead of him right now um, in the on three hundred, which is pretty. This that's is, a pretty big number. Yeah, that's the composite ranking, by the way, not the on three ranking. So I was just doing that quick, uh, quick and dirty mm -hmm. here on the show live and nine in the composite, which individually in the on three ranking, we'll see. But you're right. And yeah. We got to get to Andrew. Ola. He's so listed as an interior guy. So really, there's like 11 guys ranked ahead of him right now, um, you know, because he's the third ranked interior guy. So yeah, who knows? We'll see. I mean, a lot of a yeah. lot of mixing and matching to go. I mean, we we I love these updates and they're important. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that some of these guys that I feel like we've, we've been trying to push like Andrew Olish is a good example. Zoller is a good example. Uh, you know, that they're, they're getting their due now nationally because we've, we've thought for a long time that these guys are getting overlooked a bit now at the same time, they're getting so high on there. I'm like, Whoa, I didn't know we we're going that fast, you know, maybe yeah. slow down a little bit, but, but yeah, let's let's get to Olish because he's another one that uh, surprised me a little bit. Number 87 in the country. Now, you know, uh, uh, six foot five, two fifteen tight end out of Southern Lehigh, um, you know, guy that Penn state just offered in January guy that they've liked for a long time and and man he is blown up in January just tweeted out that Alabama offer the other day there's just just another guy who's really taken off I mean Sean Sean made his uh visits free the other day uh he's got a I know he's got an Ohio State visit lined up he's got an uh an Alabama visit lined up and Penn State of course will be back too I'm trying to remember it was maybe Miami and Ole Miss I want to say were, were two of the other ones but uh, he's going to go see his schools and and we'll see where things go. I, this is a guy for a long time that we thought, or at least once Penn State offered, we thought that should end up at PSU. And I still believe that. I mean, I know his family kind of grew up supporting Penn State, and I do believe that matters to them. You know, but at the same time, and he, he's he's also made it clear he's going to go out and check out some of these schools. So let's see how where he's at after the end of the spring. And you know, I'm sure maybe he'll set some official visits. But you know, he's now firmly one of the top tight ends in the country. And 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 Charles really likes just kind of he, he just kind of compared him again to Luke Reynolds and Rappelier and how he really yeah. fits that casting that that Penn State is uh you know that, that that specific kind of player that they've really been going after super athletic um tight end wide receiver abilities you, you see here number four uh player at his position 87th overall and Penn State also you know whether they get him or not they're also in uh contention for Lincoln Cure um as one of the top tight ends in the nation so Penn State their reputation of developing that position, I think, has is really starting to um not that it hadn't already, but to to just get players noticed and, and to get players to to notice the the school and take them seriously on these national recruiting uh, uh situations, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and and Olish, the thing with Olish is like I, I I'm really curious to see how many other schools come calling now because it feels like like rankings sometimes impact how schools look at guys. And this mm -hmm. is this is a great example because this was a guy that I don't think a lot of schools were, were looking at until January. And now we gave him an 87 rating. And, you know, boom, Alabama offers, you know, what, the next day. And and just look at what Michael Carroll did the other day. Uh, moves up into the top 70, Alabama, USC offer. Like I'm very curious to see how these next three weeks, maybe four weeks go. He's going to start taking visits. And it's also an opportunity before those visits, you know, for schools to throw out offers and, and try and get them on campus. So this is, this is a fascinating recruitment. Um, I think Penn state should be able to get him. I feel better about put it, put it this way. I feel better about Olish than I do about maybe Michael Carroll right now. Mm -hmm. um, but man, this is going to be fun to watch because uh, he, he's got some really strong schools coming after him now. 
uh, everyone loves a receiver, especially this time of the year. So uh, the last guy I have on my list of uh, PA guys that uh, jumped up in the rankings is Lex Cyrus. So mm-hmm. what do you know about Lex Cyrus and, and where did he land in, in the rankings? Yeah, Lex just had a phenomenal season. Uh, did a little bit of everything, special teams, offense, defense. You know, the, the film is very complete. And you really saw, or at least Charles believes it, and, and I believe too, you know, because he's a guy I've been able to watch down here in Harrisburg a lot. Uh, you'd really have seen sophomore to junior year. He always had the speed, the physical tools, all those kind of things. But you really saw him, I thought, become a better football player this year. And that and that that's a big part of him moving up in the rankings. Of course, he's running indoor track. He was the was he 100 meter state champion last year. I believe he was, if not first or second. I believe he was the, the 100 meter state champ. Uh, so we know the speed and all that stuff's there. He tested great at Penn State last summer. Like everything lines up really well. Uh, for, for Penn State to land Lex Cyrus at one point. The thing with Lex I've always been stressing is that like Lex is doing so much with track that I don't feel like he's focused on recruiting as much as so many of these other players we're talking about. And that's fine. He's got plenty of time. But I also feel like that makes him one of those guys who, you know, we're going to be sitting around on April whatever, and he's just going to boom, pop out of nowhere. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to scramble one day. So we'll see how it goes. He's got to take some more visits. I know he, I know he wants to see some other schools. Uh, that he hasn't um, been able to see so far, but you know he's been to Penn State consistently and does feel like it's heading in that direction. Uh, so here is the overall list that I have. Correct me if I missed anybody. Uh, Matt, he's Dolder. not Bradley. Bradley asked if if Lex Cyrus is committed to Penn State. He's he's not. Um, I think Brian Zone put a pick prediction in for him last week, uh, yeah. a crystal ball pick. So uh, which I I mean I totally understand and get. Uh, he would have been a guy that. I mean, he'll he'll probably be a guy we make a pick at some point. The reason I just hadn't done that is again for the reason I was saying is he's so focused on other things that you know we're not getting visit data or consistent feedback on like who the other important schools are, and that's good for Penn State, I think, because it's the one that the data points we do have point all to Penn State. I just feel right. like he's been focusing on so many other things, track and all that stuff right now that just didn't feel like recruiting's his focus at the moment. Uh, so here are the the players that I have. Um, let, uh, we have Matt Zollers, 17th overall, Alex Tash, 52nd, uh, Michael Carroll, 69th, Andrew Olish, 87, Lex Cyrus, 132. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a pretty strong Pennsylvania contingency. Do you, how many of those guys, just pure speculation here, do you think they could land to dominate the state and throw all of the, all the way back to the beginning, but generally like, on a, in a year where it seems like right they now. have some elite okay. talent in in the in the state, like can Penn State complete the uh, you know complete the layup here? Yeah, I mean they should be able to land at least three of the five. I mean Carroll's the one that kind of gives me the most trepidation right now because I think he really likes Michigan a lot. Like that's always felt kind of 50-50 Penn State Michigan. Also South Carolina. I don't want to rule out South Carolina. And then you know he just gets an Alabama USC offer last night. How does that impact things? He's the one that gives me the most, um, like, wouldn't shock me if, if we would go elsewhere. I mentioned Olish, he, family ties. I believe his dad graduated from Penn State. Either way, I know, you know, grew up watching Penn State, you know, care about Penn State. So I've always felt good uh, from that perspective. Usually push comes to shove. Yeah, you'll go take your visits. You'll go see these other schools. Uh, but more often than not, that bodes well for Penn State. So I think that's a one they should be able to get. Lex, they should be able to get. And then it'll, it'll come down to Zollers and – you know, everything we discussed at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they should absolutely be able to land three of those five, four of those five wouldn't surprise me. Five out of five would maybe surprise me a little bit just because of the competition and, uh, you know, the the recruiting landscape this day is, I guess, the best way to mm-hmm. put it. So let's zoom out a little bit. Let's look at the region, you know, guys like Kanoa Winston we haven't talked about today. Uh, Darren Akinabon, another guy uh, who is high in the rankings. Uh, Trent Wilson, obviously. So, the region this year, maybe even at some of those key positions like defensive tackle, two of those guys I mentioned, defensive tackles. Uh, now that we have kind of a junior season in and evaluated, how do you feel the region is in general to maybe get Penn State into that top 10 this year? Do you think that's a possibility if things break the right way for the team given the talent in the area? It's good. You know, the thing with with top 10 especially moving forward in the NIL era. Because I think I, I was looking at that last class, the 2024 class. And you look at Miami, where they ranked. You looked at Auburn, where they're ranked. There was a handful of schools who have done nothing on the field, but ranked higher. 
And it's yep. because of NIL. It's because of all that stuff. So that's going to make top tens even harder for Penn State moving forward. It just is what it is. So right now, no, I don't. I'd be surprised if they are able to get top 10 because I think at the end of the day, you got those handful, five, six, seven schools that are always recruiting on the level that they're recruiting. And now you've opened it up for, again, Miami, Auburn. There's going to be other ones who just get incredibly aggressive NIL-wise, and it it lands them recruits that really they weren't landing five, six, seven years ago. So that that's mm-hmm. going to make it hard. But the region, you know, getting to your actual question, you know, uh, Maryland, I think, has eight top 300 guys right now. I believe New Jersey's at eight or nine. So those numbers are pretty much on average. Penn State should be able to land a couple guys from, from Maryland. Trent Wilson's one, obviously, we've talked about a lot. You know, when I look at New Jersey, a little different. I feel like Jameer Joseph's the one that I feel, obviously, they have DJ McClary already. So they have one of those eight or yeah. one of those nine, I believe it is. Uh, a really Jameer good football Joseph- player that we just kind of take for granted at this point. Like if they, <laughs> yeah, their yeah, linebacker room is really good right now, like based mm-hmm. on the recruiting uh, rankings. Tash yeah, Deshaun holds a four-star rating by rivals, too. I mean, Deshaun, yeah. Deshaun's got a lot of potential, whether he's a linebacker or not, we'll see. But, um, you know, just when I look over at New Jersey, New Jersey's the one that I feel like, I mean, Penn State's kind of struggled there a little bit as it is over the last couple of years. Um, so just be curious to see kind of if they're able to get many more guys from there. Jameer Joseph's the one that I certainly would have circled. Deshaun Stewart, I think, likes Penn State a lot, too. Like, those two I know Penn State really likes. They really want to go hard for. Of course, they have Michael Troutman, too. I don't want to uh, overlook that as far as, uh, you know, New Jersey commit. But uh, when I look at those top 10 or so guys in New Jersey, yeah, I just – I don't – like, Jalen Matthews was committed. I, I don't see him circling back. Quincy Porter hasn't visited in over a year. Michael mm-hmm. Thomas, I'm kind of – I don't, I don't know how hard they're going after him. Um, maybe they're going harder than I thought, but I just I haven't gotten the vibe that they're really going all out there. So Kamar Archie's an awesome player, you know, but at uh, he's barely six foot, two twenty linebacker. You know, they have a bunch of linebackers already committed. Doesn't yeah. really seem to add up there. And then his other position would be running back, where they have two running backs already committed. So that right. doesn't see much going there. I mean, Cam Miller. I think Penn State. You know, he, he obviously plays for Bill Belton. Um, but it, that one doesn't seem to be trending there. So Jameer Joseph, uh, Deshaun Stewart, you know, when it comes to New Jersey, certainly the guys I'd be watching the closest. And then over in Maryland, you know, of course, Cano Winston's listed as DC. He actually lives in Maryland. So I'll include him in that group. Uh, you got Trent Wilson then, of course. And Corey Costner is a guy that I think uh, we probably should be talking about a little bit more. I wrote a story on him this week. He's going to visit here um you know in, in march i think he's a really good safety prospect so we'll see with romero ison uh ison ison or ison i'm not exactly sure but good looking wide receiver who moved in the on 300 this past week out of uh, baltimore city college but you know it feels like they can land maybe four or five guys out of new jersey dc maryland area that they kind of feel realistic to me added another three or so from pennsylvania then you're looking at what a class of 18 19 and then you're going to sprinkle in some national guys that's probably how it's going to work um Corey, sorry i got distracted by Corey costner because i'm looking i wanted to see how big this big safety is only six feet tall you know not the biggest safety in the world from uh dex i think but... that number's old though i think that number's okay. like a year old like that's a number from when he visited <laughs> I, I i'll i'll double check on that but i believe that okay. number is a little dated so okay uh, yeah, but just another, uh, I love seeing on film guys that are going to play safety who have man coverage responsibilities in high school. Because if you have that skill set and you're developing that young, whether or not you are playing man coverage all the time in college, you're going to have to do it some of the time. And being able to do it, like Dakari Nelson playing corner in high school, I think is helpful. So that the time he does it in college is not the first time he's done it. So that just stood out to me of a dude that's obviously very fast and obviously very big. You, you know, so, I noticed something. I'm sorry. I just noticed something that I think. Anyway, we'll have the discussion actually after. Brandon Finney is in the on 300 now. Cornerback out of McDonough. Yeah. And I swear I did not see him there the other day. That looks new to me. But he's a guy that I know they're going to push very hard for. Um, yeah. You know, like all McDonough guys, of course, with Jeff, Jeff Exner too. Um, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask Charles about that. Cause I swear he was not in the list the other day. And now I'm seeing him here when I load up this, uh, this list on our homepage. So anyway, sorry. Any I'll do that. Is that your, is that your last off the air? Any, uh, <laughs> anything else you got coming up this week? Blue white illustrated. Uh, 
spring breaks coming up for Penn State. Penn State's coaches are going to take uh, a much needed vacation. So another slow week, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like March 16th is lining up to be the first uh, heavy weekend of visits. Penn State, of course, starts spring practice on March 12th. You got max outs today, uh, strength oh, yeah. training uh, up at up at Lash. So curious to see. Uh, who puts up some stupid numbers? We saw that Tony Rojas uh, power clean the other day. That was that was cool to watch. He's going to be a yeah. beast, by the way. But um, oh, yeah. now I got two more weeks of uh, vacation. We'll call it <laughs> until until everything gets crazy again. And uh, April and uh, May or March through April will be busy. We're starting to see some official visits scattered into May. And before you know it, we're going to be talking about that June signing period at the end of the month. I, I'm I'm a secret meathead. I love Max testing day. Uh, I love the, the, it's, it's like, it's the best. It's, uh, you get to I see your tweet. St- yeah. Yeah. I saw your tweet. Uh, Looks like so you that's coming it. up today. I'll be, I'll be putting some of that stuff out on social media so you can follow the, the Twitter handles always there on, on screen at Thomas Frank car. If you want to check out some of the max testing days, we usually get squats. So, um, it's always a good time. And it's a, it's a raucous environment. I love it in the new facility too. Like the, the amount of light, the amount of room. Losi's great. <laughs> and Losi's great. great. That's the yeah. main thing. Oh, that's the main thing I should be telling you. Um, check out the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel because Chuck Losi is going to be talking to us afterwards, about 10 minutes with Chuck Losi. It's, it's a, an important time of year for us to get an update, not just on the physical stuff, but these are the guys that are with Penn State players all the time. So who are the leaders? Who are the people that are standing out in the weight room pushing everyone else? getting the team in the right mindset to maximize their potential every day and get ready for mm-hmm. spring football. So we'll have all those answers from Losi coming up uh, later this afternoon. Check it out. Blue white illustrated here on YouTube. Ryan, thank you for an awesome show. That was the quickest 50 minutes that I've had in a while. It's a great conversation, man. It was a lot quicker than my first three hours a day, getting kids to school and all <laughs> that good stuff. So now it was good. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, looks like it might be sixties on Sunday. Hope everybody gets nice. outside. Enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up next Thursday on recruiting. Like I said, two more weeks, kind of little We're slow. actually uh, just as just a, as that's a great thing to remind people. We're actually off next Thursday. Um, so we oh. won't have a recruiting show coming up next Thursday. Oh, I'm really um, on vacation then. Sweet. Yes. Yes, you are. Like I, I have some things going on. I can't guarantee that I will have power or Internet in my house next Thursday. Oh, that's right. You did. bring. So uh, we're not going to have a show, um, but we are going to have a lot of great stuff. Like I said, Drew Aller. We're going to be uh, talking to him hopefully today, and we'll have that for you coming up next week. All kinds of great stuff, including our wrestling show coming up tomorrow, 10 a.m. on YouTube. If you like Penn State football, you like Penn State sports, Greg Pickle coming up with an awesome wrestling show tomorrow at 10 a.m. So subscribe because it's free here on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. When I ask you to subscribe, I'm not asking for anything other than a moment of your time. We'll talk to you later.